I'd like us to turn to the word of God this morning. <clears throat> and uh, if you brought your Bible this morning, the scriptures on the board, today we are looking at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 from verse 25 to 34. Matthew 6, 25 to 24. Before I talk about this scripture here, I just want to mentioned briefly because this is a bit of continuation of what I talked last week. Um, because last week I talked about storms. I talked about storms last week for those of us who are not here. And I said storms are challenging. Storms are scary. Storms are frustrating. And storms can happen any time in your journey. And I said that your storm may not necessarily be my storm. They're different. And in the story I shared about Mark chapter, um, chapter 4, I talked about the Disciples of Jesus that faced a storm, but Jesus was able to deal with that. But today, I want to talk to us about worry and fear. You know, in Australia, we love simple things. You know, the first time I came to Australia, I thought in Africa we say, Akuna Matata. And I came to Australia, I found you saying, No worries. So I thought, wow, this is a nice one. <laughs> so every time I went and uh, every time something was happening, oh, no worries. And I said, that's cool because in Africa we say hakuna matata. So, but you know that we say hakuna matata, but you see what is happening. This is matata. This is something to worry, you know, because when it comes, it brings destruction. It brings anxiety. It brings isolation. It causes a lot of havoc. Storms are not beautiful. And, and, and storms, when they come, they leave worry and fear. When storms come, they leave worry and fear. And the storm in Australia may not necessarily be the storm in America or the storm in Africa. Let me give you a little bit of example. In Africa and Kenya, we are, we've been dealing with drought. And I'm grateful for the wildlife workers that have committed themselves to risk their lives to take hay to the lions and other animals in the, in the wild. This is not a zoo. This is a wild place. And these guys have risked their lives to carry hay to these animals. As you can see, he's putting down, but his gun is resting on his shoulder. So the worry and the fear in Australia about the flood is not necessarily the worry in Kenya. You see the difference? That our worry and fears here is not necessarily the worry that we are dealing with in Africa. Let me show you a little bit of that. You can see when water, some animals can't find water. So they're trying to get a bit of the holes and fill in some water. 
but also the guard is also watching for the lions, just in case it shows up. So, the challenges we face in life, the storms we face, the fear in Australia, yes, it may be different, but it all brings us to a place of fear, a place of discouragement, a place of anger and frustration. Whether it's drought, whether it's floods, whether it's fire that we faced, whether it's COVID that happened just recently, that everything that comes across us, it brings fear, it brings worry, and it brings destruction with it. I was looking at some of these pictures that some of us have been posting on uh, Kerang District and the floods, and, and looking at the photos, you can see, and sometimes you may not understand exactly what some of our people are going through across Victoria, and especially in Kerang, you can see that is somebody's property that is all covered in water. And this water is stinging. This water is carrying a lot of other crazy stuff. It's killing fish. It's killing some other animals that is, uh, or insects that are crawling under there. And my, 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 my question today, how do we overcome some of these challenges in life? And for some of us, it may not necessarily be the floods. For some of us, it may not necessarily be the drought. It could be sometime you walked at the doctor and the doctor told you that you have cancer. It can cause a bit of worry and fear. For some of us, you walk to the doctor and the doctor told you that you're suffering from A and B. It can leave a bit of worry and fear. For some of us, you've been looking at the interest rates. As the government is trying to fight the inflation, the, the interest rates have been rising up every probably every weekend or the other week, they're going up. And those of us who invested in mortgages, you're looking like, you know, you, you, you want to pull off, but you can't. It can cause a bit of fear and worry. Some of us have bought shares, treasury bills. You put your money there and you've been watching at the gauge. Instead of going up, it's been dropping slowly, slowly. But how do we as a church, as individuals, overcome that? I want us to look at what Jesus is talking to the disciples. I'm not sure exactly what was happening at that particular time. Maybe there was a bit of hunger, there was a bit of drought. But I want us to look at this scripture this morning. The Bible says that in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34, the Bible says that, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes?
goes ahead to say in verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in burns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you, not much more, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your cloth? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. From 29 says, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Even that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow and thrown into fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? From Bathsheba says that for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for your message. I thank you for your word this morning. That as we look at your word this morning, I know there are many of us today that are feeling worried. The many of us are fearing there are some of us who are anxious this morning, God, and I pray that as we share this word, we'll borrow from this example. We are going to learn from you, that may you guide us and lead us through this message this morning. I know there are some of us, some of our family people that are not feeling well this morning. And Lord, I want to lift them in your hands, oh God. Thank you for Graham Keith this morning, and I just pray that, Lord, you continue to touch him and, and minister to him in the name of Jesus. That some of us have been isolated because of COVID this morning. I Lord, down to lift them to you, God. And I pray, God, may you stretch out your hand and bring your healing in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had a friend of mine who told me that you don't have to invest because tomorrow we worry about itself. <laughs> and he loved drinking, so he got his salary and spent on his drinking. And he said, you know what, tomorrow will take care of itself. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about today. So please, if you met that kind of person, this is not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is helping us on how to understand, uh, to overcome worry. And fear. 
I remember last week we looked at how, and I've just mentioned that, how one can find calm and peace amidst storms. Because when storms come, they rob our peace, faith, and so much more, leaving us with worry and fear. And we saw how Jesus was able to reassure his disciples by coming down the storm in the scriptures we looked at last week. It's interesting because when the disciples reached on the other side of the storm, they encountered a demon, a demon-possessed man. And when I was reading these scriptures, I went a little bit from Mark chapter 4 and I went to chapter 5. And I thought these guys had just encountered the storm in the water. And they were happy because they've left the water, they've crossed on the other side of the, the, the river. And they encountered this guy, demon-possessed person. And the Bible says that neither the chains or anybody else would, was able to hold him up. And I want to tell you, like I said last week, that sometimes you, you get used to the storms, you know, because the disciples were so used to the storms in the water because some of them were fishermen. But some of them, actually, most of them had never encountered a demon-possessed person. And I was asking myself, which would be easier? The storm in the water because I know a bit of the water or the, the demon, the spirit that I've never seen and I can't even see. And sometimes for some of us, you move from one, one battle to another battle. You, you've been fighting COVID, thinking that everything is gone and now you're jumping into the floods. So for some of us, you've been in the battle, you've been in the storm, in the water. And now you feel like, now I've just crossed on the other side, maybe things are going to be a bit easier. Maybe, and then you encounter this guy, and he's saying, my name is Legions. He's powerful. And he knows you. Because he told Jesus, son of God. He knows him. And friends, I'm trying to tell you today, none of us, none of us has the energy. None of us has the energy to face the challenges that we face each and every day. Because when these things come, they don't know whether you have the money in the bank. They don't know whether you're a vegetarian and you don't eat meat at all. When they come, they come. Whether it's a sickness, when the sickness comes, it comes. Whether you've been on a balanced diet each and every day, whether you've been jogging or running each and every time, when they come, they come. It could be marriage, it could be work, it could be anything. When it comes, it comes because they think things they don't fear anybody. When they come, they come. I 
I like what John Maxwell said here, and I know a number of people have talked about that, even people like Max Lucado, that feed your faith and starve your fears. And don't encourage us as church, because when storms come, when storms come, your faith is tested. When storms, when challenges come, your faith is tested. When things rise up beyond what you can deal with, your faith is tested. <clears throat> and today I'm saying I'm here to remind us that we can overcome our worries and fears, especially during this season when floods are displaying, displacing some of our people and inflation is pushing the interest rates up. We can still live as overcomers. We can overcome it, church. We can race beyond because COVID has been there. COVID has pushed us back and forth, but we've risen above that. So even these things that we are going through, my message today that we can overcome, we can rise beyond those things. It's here that the presence or absence of worry and fear measure our trust in God. And as believers, we aspire to a single focus on God and a loyalty towards him. In other words, if we switch off our focus, because these things will always happen, but as a church, as believers, my prayer is that our focus on Christ, our focus on the things that God has given us will not change, because it's very easy when these things happen, can easily shake you and move your focus away from God, and you start focusing on what is happening. In this passage, Jesus taught that worry and fear is unproductive. Worry and fear keeps us from fulfilling the kingdom purposes to which he, God, has called us. God uses all situations to accomplish his purposes, and he wants us to trust and join him in doing that. When he walked with the disciples to go on the other side of the lake, his purpose was to go on the other side to reach out. The storms never stopped him to go to reach out. When he crossed the water and went and he met this demon-possessed person, the demon did not stop him to fulfill his purpose. And God is inviting you and I to raise up beyond the challenges. Are there storms? Yes. Are there floods in Kerang? Of course. Are there Moses in Quran? Yes, definitely there are Moses. And flies are yet to come. Live alone the Moses. But we can rise above these things and still pursue the purposes, pursue the goals, pursue the things that God has called us to do. We cannot stop the inflation. We cannot stop the session. But we know that God through his wisdom and power, using the people that are good and uh, financial analysts that can come up with something by faith and sort us out. By this particular time, the prices of commodities will continue to go up. Fuel will continue to go up. There are so many things will go up. 
But our focus as Christians, our focus is to keep our eyes on the things above. Our focus is to remain focused on Christ and the purpose and the things that he has called us to do as Christians. I had a friend of mine in Queensland. Her sister, and I think I mentioned before, her sister died because of cancer. And they were trusting God for a miracle. They prayed, they talked to people. They prayed for this young lady. But she never made it. And she died. And from that day, that was the end for this lady to step in a church. She told me, I never, never step in a church. Because I trusted God so much to heal my sister. And my sister was never healed. And she refused to go to church. I want to tell you, friends, that if you focus so much on the challenges that we go through, and the things that are rising in our midst, in our homes, we can never worship God. And the work of Satan, the devil, his role is to help us to see that you are, we have a God that either he's loving, but he's not caring. But if he's caring, he's not strong enough to deal with these things that are happening around us. That is what the devil is reminding us. There are a few things I want us to look at today from this scripture. And the first thing I would like to talk to us about is that we can overcome worry and fear by understanding how valuable we are in God's sight. I want to challenge you and myself today. Live like somebody valued by God. You know, sometimes we live so beaten up. We live so discouraged, especially when things come our way, when storms come, when challenges come and beat us across. We live like God. How come things, bad things happen to good people? And that's how we question God. But today I want to tell you, live like somebody valued by God because God values each one of us. We are valuable in God's sight because of who we are. And I'm going to show you who we are in God. The first thing the Bible is telling us is we are made in God's image according to his likeness. We are made in his image. We are so important to God. But sometimes when the challenges come, you can easily feel isolated. You can easily feel left out. And I know as Christians, we are very good at that. We are good at leaving some of our friends out. I was listening to a pastor just last week, and he was saying because he's been going through a lot of challenges, pastors have run away from him. We like to run away from our very own. We, we like to leave people that you are meant to stand with them. We run away from people that you are meant to support and encourage them. We run away from pe very people that need our encouragement, our support, our prayers. We run away from them. I want to challenge us today that God has given us a task. Because he says, long time ago. All right. <laughs> 
A long time ago, even before God created man and before he created the universe, we were his focus. We were his focus of his love. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Yeah. Yeah, we can. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's pray for that. Lord, we thank you. We don't know what's happening, but we know there's a bit of alarm. And we know that somebody somewhere could be in danger. Lord, we pray that may you reach out and touch and protect, whether it's property or somebody that's in danger this morning. We want to commit them to you. We pray even for our members who are going there to support, Lord. We pray that may you protect them. May you cover them by the blood of Jesus Christ, O oh God. We thank you and we continue to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, thanks Amanda for that. <clears throat> the other thing I want to share with us. If you look at this verse in Matthew chapter 6, 26. Jesus is asking us to look at the birds. He's saying, look at the birds of the air. They did not, did not sow or reap or store away in bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So my prayer today, I pray that God will help us to see how much we mean to him. That even though as members or other friends leave you lonely, uh, you feel deserted, you feel isolated. My prayer is that you remember that God still values you because you still belong to his image. You know, while the self-esteem bases your value on appearances, positions, and accomplishments. And friends, we can move ice easily from the things we value, from the titles you own, from the properties you own. But I want to remind you, those things are very temporary. Those things are temporary. God is challenging and inviting you to move your focus from the things of this world. Whether it's money, whether it's health, whatever you're placing you are strength in. He's saying, leave that and focus on me. Whether high or low, this kind of esteem is prideful, focuses on self and doesn't add value to your life. It minimizes your potential for growth and influence. But the point I'm bringing forward is that <clears throat> the sort of value and identity God is looking for each one of us is his own image that he's put in us. You may have gone to be a professor. It can give you a bit of, oh yes, I've been there. 
Or maybe you're a doctor. Yeah, it's a good thing. Maybe you've invested a good thing. But those things are temporary. Those things can go. Like I said, yeah, because your parents can change your positions, your accomplishment can come to an end. But if you are a believer who wants to be a leader, you must live as somebody valued by God. My question this morning as I jump from that pit, how can we grow in understanding our value in God? In other words, what are some of the things you do that help you to see your value in Christ? If you can't read the Bible that is there to remind us. If we don't pray, things that remind us how valuable we are to God. If we can't sing for him and worship him. If we can live our lives for him. How can we grow in that understanding? And that's my question today. As I move to the second point here. We can overcome worry and fear by seeking God's kingdom first. I was in a counseling session one day. In a, in a premarital counseling. And I met two young people. The lady was willing, but I feel the guy was not ready. And during the interview, I asked the guy, are you ready to get married? He said, yes, I am. But I want to buy my car first and build my house. So there are a number of things he really wanted to put together before he actually committed to marriage. And the girlfriend was very, very frustrated. She, she did not show during the meeting, but after the guy left, she came and talked to me. She told me, I'm very, very disappointed that the man I've been praying about, the man I've been thinking will marry, he's thinking more of the car and the house and other things that he wants to achieve before he can marry me. And friends, that's what we do to God. We tell God, I want to get A, B, C, D before I can commit my life to you. If you gave me a house, if you gave me the A, B, C, D, I'll commit my life to you. I'll serve you if you do A, B, C, D. God is challenging each one of us today. He's saying, seek first my kingdom. In other words, if God is not number one in our life, if God is not the priority, if God is not the first thing you run to, then it's kind of there is no God in our journey. He says in verse 6, that 3, the seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. And I want to tell you, if you want to overcome the challenges, the fear, the things we go through, when we switch from these things like I've said, whether it's money, whether it's whatever you want to feel that can fill you and switch to God and focus on him, it's very easy. It's very easy when these things come around to run to him. But if our focus is on the things of the world, if our focus on the things that we own, if our focus is on the man we carry, when the challenges come, when the interests go up and the things start to go down, and the treasury bills and the stock market start to crash, 
Our faith is crushed. Our faith is crushed. If you told God because I want to get married before I seek you, and then you never got somebody, your faith can easily crush. Because I was listening to this young man and asking, what if you don't get that home? Does it mean that you not marry this lady and you've committed yourself to marry her? What if you don't get that car? What will happen if you don't get those things? And some of us who said, God, if you just heal me, if you just bring healing into this problem, then I'll surrender my life to you. And then I'll serve you. What if it doesn't happen? What do you do? So my message today, that let's see God's kingdom first as we move forward. <clears throat> so what is God's kingdom? Josh states here that God's kingdom is the reign of Jesus, the reign where Jesus' authority is acknowledged and obeyed. To see God's kingdom is to desire Jesus Jesus rule to be recognized and obeyed in three areas that is given us just quickly down here. Within our life, in our circle of immediate influence, and as far around the world as we can reach, you know. <clears throat> Seeking God's righteousness includes the con conquering of sin in our lives and replacing it with righteousness. Russia's acts and attitudes, that we must pursue the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, mercy, etc. We must pursue the righteousness by serving and discipling other believers. So we can overcome if we seek God's kingdom first. I was looking at this story, and I thought I can use it just to illustrate this message. If you look at Luke chapter 10, verse 40 to 42, the Bible says that, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, this is the story of Jesus visiting these sisters, Martha and Mary. Now, one of them chose to spend time with Jesus the other one chose to go to the kitchen. Now, both areas, both of those ladies were right. None of them was wrong. I mean, we all love to eat. Preparing my meal for Jesus was a, such an honor. And she was doing the right thing. And see, According to the Bible, it says that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset because of many things. But a few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will be not be taken away from her. <clears throat> I want to remind us, friends, by seeking God first, there are times you have to ask yourself what is priority when you get into these kind of situations. Food was important, but it wasn't priority for Jesus. But sometimes we mix ourselves up because of other things that come around in our homes. I tell people, for many of us, church is not priority. 
which is okay. But to Jesus, he's looking at that. For some of us, fellowship is not a priority. Prayer is not priority. Singing is not priority. Everything else we do in life are important. Family is important to God. Work is important to God. Everything is important. But God is asking us what would be priority if you are to look at your list of day-to-day life. What would you do? If you if you're asking yourself you want to seek his kingdom first, what would be priority? For some of us, you know, a day cannot go, and I know sometimes I do it. TikTok. You know, a friend of mine was saying, sometimes he's so tempted, you know, you, you're like, let me leave this phone today, I don't want to touch it. But sometimes the temptation is you just want to feel like, I need just to browse a bit on this phone. What is happening on TikTok? What is happening on Facebook? I mean, those things are they're good, but they're not priority. When you talk about seeking God first, is making him priority. Mary chose what was priority. Was food not important? It was, but Mary chose priority. I want to encourage us today. Let's borrow Mary's example. <clears throat> As I finish today, and this is my last point, that we can overcome worry and fear by living a day at a time. What do we mean by that? To live one day at a time is to focus on the present moment and not to have worry or fear about past or future. And sometimes we worry about things that we cannot even change. We worry about things we can't even change. What Jesus is asking us to do, focus on what you can deal with right now. Right now we are dealing with floods. Maybe let's think about what we're doing about the flood right now. How we can we support the people that cannot even move away from home. And I'm glad that most of us have been out there. We provided sandbags. We've been filming like my friend here, Dennis. Thanks, Dennis, for updating us. <laughs> there are many of us who have been even cooking. But you know, floods, probably, there are many things we can be doing today. Yes, there are things tomorrow, but we don't know what else will be there tomorrow. We don't know the storms of tomorrow. We don't know the worries of tomorrow. Some of us are thinking it could be COVID, but sometimes it's not even COVID tomorrow. It could be something else. And God is saying, I know your worries tomorrow. I know your fears tomorrow. I know what is coming. But I want you to focus on me. I want you to think about me today. I want you to think about what is happening with your life today. Where are you at in your relationship with me today? What are you doing to make your relationship better with me today? Tomorrow it's okay, it will come. Whether it's COVID or whether it be anything else, we come tomorrow. We'll deal with that when it comes tomorrow. And my prayer is that as Christians, that we'll look at this in that way. That you are going to take a day at a time as you work with Christ. That allow Christ to walk with you and I in your journey a day at a time. That when you take that step, allow him to walk with you. There's a song we used to sing from Maranatha that you made all things. 
beautiful. Sorry? Oh, yeah, she's reminded. In his time, Lord, please show me every day. As you're teaching me your ways, that you do just what you say in your time. In his time. Today is you and him. He's taking care of tomorrow. For some of us, tomorrow has a lot of other things you're going to celebrate. Someone said the sun rises to some and the sun sets up to down to others. Today, it could be your storm. For somebody else, it could be something different. The sun is rising for you today. It's sending out to someone else in America or in Africa. I just want you to remember that God loves you. God cares for you. And God is looking at you and sees the challenges you go each and every day. You go every day. And he's saying, you know what? Like David in Psalm 23, that even though I walk in the shadow and the valley of death, I know your presence is walking with me. I know you are walking beside me. That even with my fears, because fears are never, you can never eliminate fear completely. But you're telling him, even in my fears, Lord, I know you're walking beside me. Even in my worries, I'm scared, yes, but I know you're walking with me. I want us to stand up. As we do, I want us to look at this last bit here. As I conclude, that what is the difference between concern and worry for you as you stand up? What are the things that you commonly worry about? Because those are the things that are moving you away, are moving you from God. How is God calling you to focus more? On eternal matters. That I want you to think about those two questions. That as you walk from this place today, I want you to think about your life. He says that you cannot even add a minute to your life. You cannot even add a day, a second to your own life. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he knows about you. You know, a phone call can change your life for good or for worse. But what I'm saying is that as today, God is calling us. He's saying, trust me. Walk in me. Allow me to walk with you to overcome the challenges. Allow me to walk with you to overcome the fears that you're walking through. And today I want to pray for you. That is, Elisha is leading us in this next song. I want to stand here. And some of the elders will come and help me. I want you to pray for somebody this morning. Because I know that what you're carrying today is bigger than you. I don't have the solution. But I have the prayer for you from Christ. Lord, thank you. That as we sing the next song, the many of us that are feeling beaten, scared, anxious, overwhelmed today whether it's good financial sickness or anything that is happening today lord i pray that may you grant us the peace that flows from you god peace that is beyond our understanding that today as we leave this place i pray father
May you open our eyes to rise up on the storm, above the storm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.